Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. On today's episode, we'll go over the topic of low back pain from the neurology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 46-year-old man presents to his primary care physician with lower back pain. His symptoms began approximately three weeks ago and has not subsided. The pain does not radiate, and he cannot recall what caused this. He endorses having night sweats and unexpected weight loss. He denies illicit drug use and does not smoke. On physical exam, there is no saddle anesthesia, muscle weakness, or sensory changes that are noted. An erythrocyte sedimentation rate and prostate-specific antigen is elevated. Radiography of the lumbar spine demonstrates a compression fracture of the lumbar spine. This patient was diagnosed with metastatic prostate cancer, leading to lower back pain. Now, let's get into the episode. As a quick introduction, as far as the definition of low back pain, this can be subdivided into acute, subacute, and chronic. Acute lower back pain is defined as 0 to 4 weeks, subacute is 4 to 12 weeks, and chronic is greater than or equal to 12 weeks. With respect to epidemiology, as far as the incidence of low back pain, this is a very common primary care complaint. Risk factors include certain activities, for example, heavy lifting, a sedentary lifestyle, psychosocial stressors like anxiety, depression, and stress, and increasing age. With respect to etiology, there are mechanical and non-mechanical etiologies of lower back pain. Mechanical etiologies include lumbar strain, degenerative disease, spondylolisthesis, herniated disc, spinal stenosis, and spinal fractures. Non-mechanical causes of lower back pain include malignancy, infection, and inflammatory arthritis. Examples of malignancy include multiple myeloma, spinal cord tumors, and retroperitoneal tumors. Examples of infection include osteomyelitis, paraspinous or epidural abscess, and discitis. Associations of paraspinous or epidural abscess include fever, back pain, elevated ESR-CRP, IV drug use, and immunosuppression. Discitis is characterized with focal back pain and an MRI with edema seen at the intervertebral discs. Examples of inflammatory arthritis leading to lower back pain includes ankylosing spondylitis, reactive arthritis, and inflammatory bowel disease. The differential diagnosis for lower back pain includes myalgia paresthetica, which is entrapment of the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve, which manifests with numbness, tingling, and pain of the anterolateral thigh, and this is common in pregnancy. Moving on to the presentation of low back pain, as far as symptoms slash physical exam, patients present with lower back pain. However, associated symptoms depend on the cause of back pain. For example, disc herniation can lead to sensory changes in the affected dermatome. Red flag findings to know include bowel and bladder incontinence, saddle anesthesia, neurological findings, as well as night sweats, fever, and weight loss. Moving on to imaging, indications for radiographs include patients at risk for malignancy with an elevated erythrocyte sedimentation rate, as well as patients at risk for vertebral compression. An MRI is indicated in patients with neurological deficits, as well as in patients with a fever, history of intravenous drug use, and immunosuppression. As far as other studies to obtain in the setting of low back pain, you can obtain an erythrocyte sedimentation rate in cases where there is suspicion for an inflammatory or infectious cause of back pain. Treatment of low back pain in the absence of red flag symptoms are to treat conservatively, which involves NSAID-acetaminophen and activity continuation, as well as physical therapy. Remember, you should avoid bed rest. Otherwise, treatment is dictated by the cause of pain. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A 27-year-old man is brought to the emergency department from prison for back pain. He complains of worsening back pain localized to the lower back and states he is now unable to urinate. 
He denies any trauma, endorses chills at night, and states he has intermittent diarrhea. The patient has a past medical history of IV drug abuse, homelessness, antisocial personality disorder, malingering, and multiple sexually transmitted infections. His temperature is 98.2 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.8 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 127 over 77 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 70 per minute. Respirations are 15 per minute. And oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. Physical exam is notable for a normal S1 and S2 and clear bilateral breath sounds. Rectal exam reveals good rectal tone, and the patient has no sensory or strength deficits. Paraspinal muscle tenderness is noted with pain worsened when the patient touches his toes. Nursing attempts to catheterize the patient for a urine sample. However, the patient refuses and volitionally urinates instead with a post-void residual volume of 50 milliliters. Laboratory studies and urinalysis are as follows. Serum sodium is 140 milliequivalents per liter. Chloride is 100 milliequivalents per liter. Potassium is 4 milliequivalents per liter. Bicarbonate is 24 milliequivalents per liter. BUN is 22 milligrams per deciliter. Glucose is 116 milligrams per deciliter. Creatinine is 1.2 milligrams per deciliter. Calcium is 9.9 milligrams per deciliter. And C-reactive protein, or CRP, is 1 milligrams per liter. Urine benzodiazepines are positive, and opioids are also positive. A chest radiograph and ECG are unremarkable. Which of the following is the most appropriate next step in management? And the choices are 1. CT spine. 2. MRI spine. 3. Physical therapy. 4. Sputum acid fastane. And 5. Vancomycin and piperacillin tazobactam. The correct answer to this question is 3. Physical therapy. So this patient is presenting with a complex, high-risk medical history. That is, he is homeless slash a prisoner, has an IV drug use history, and a malingering history, and is presenting with back pain. In the setting of normal vitals, a normal neurological exam, given that the urinary retention was volitional as he urinated with a normal post-void residual volume, a normal CRP, and paraspinal tenderness, this patient most likely has mechanical back pain, which can be treated with physical therapy, ibuprofen, and acetaminophen. To quickly review, back pain can be a benign or life-threatening chief concern. Mechanical back pain, from a pulled muscle or herniated nucleus pulposus, presents with focal back pain that is not midline and an absence of neurologic deficits, with the exception of radicular pain with a herniated disc. It can be treated with ibuprofen and acetaminophen. Patients with mechanical back pain should not be on bed rest, but rather should engage in physical therapy and activity as tolerated, as this is associated with better outcomes. In any high-risk population, such as a prisoner or IV drug user, mechanical back pain should be a diagnosis of exclusion. For the USMLE, a normal physical exam, vitals, and laboratory values, in particular inflammatory markers such as CRP and ESR, are needed to make the diagnosis of mechanical back pain. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, CT of the spine would be indicated for a suspected fracture that would present in an elderly patient or cancer patient, think metastasis, with sudden onset and focal midline spinal tenderness. A CT scan is a sensitive test for identifying compression fractures. If the fracture has fragments that enter the spinal canal, neurological deficits could be seen. Treatment is either bracing or neurological surgery if deficits are present and an MRI suggests compression after the initial CT. Answer 3, MRI of the spine would be indicated for cauda equina syndrome, which presents with decreased rectal tone, urinary retention, and saddle anesthesia. This patient's rectal tone is normal and his urinary retention is volitional. MRI could also be indicated for infectious back pain, secondary to osteomyelitis, epidural abscess or discitis, 
which would present with a fever, chills, elevated ESRCRP, and a high-risk history such as immunosuppression or IV drug use. The only aspect of this patient's history that supports an infectious etiology of his symptoms is his IV drug use and chills. However, his lack of fever and normal CRP make an MRI not indicated at this time. This answer can be ruled out with a constellation of normal vitals, a normal physical exam, and no signs of inflammation slash infection on laboratory values. Answer 4, sputum acid fastane, would be indicated to confirm a diagnosis of tuberculosis. This patient is high risk as he is a prisoner and he has chills. However, his chest radiograph is normal and he has no pulmonary symptoms. Answer 5, vancomycin and piperacillin tazobactam would be an appropriate antibiotic regimen for infectious back pain and would be given after blood cultures have been drawn. Infectious back pain presents in IV drug users or immunosuppressed patients with a fever, chills, back pain, neurological deficits, and an elevated ESR, CRP, and white blood cell count. To leave you with the bullet summary, mechanical back pain can be treated with acetaminophen, ibuprofen, physical therapy, and activity as tolerated. Moving on to the final question. A 33-year-old man presents to the emergency department with back pain. The patient states that his pain started yesterday and has been gradually worsening. He also states that lately he has generally felt weak and ill. The patient has a past medical history of alcohol abuse, IV drug abuse, and antisocial personality disorder. He is currently requesting IV diphenhydramine and hydromorphone. His temperature is 101 degrees Fahrenheit or 38.3 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 102 over 78 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 101 per minute. Respirations are 19 per minute. And oxygen saturation is 99% on room air. Physical exam is notable for focal tenderness over the lumbar spine. Otherwise, the patient's neurological and musculoskeletal exams are within normal limits. Laboratory values are as follows. Hemoglobin is 12 grams per deciliter. Hematocrit is 36%. Leukocyte count is 11,500 per cubic millimeter with normal differential. Platelet count is 397,000 per cubic millimeter. Serum sodium is 137 milliequivalents per liter. Chloride is 103 milliequivalents per liter. Potassium is 4.8 milliequivalents per liter. Bicarbonate is 25 milliequivalents per liter. BUN is 24 milligrams per deciliter. Glucose is 79 milligrams per deciliter. Creatinine is 1.1 milligrams per deciliter. Calcium is 10.2 milligrams per deciliter. ESR is 49 millimeters per hour. AST is 202 units per liter. And ALT is 101 units per liter. The patient threatens to leave if he does not receive IV pain medications. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? And the choices are 1. Herniated nucleus pulposus. 2. Malingering. 3. Spinal epidural abscess. 4. Spinal epidural hematoma. And 5. Vertebral compression fracture. The correct answer to this question is 3. Spinal epidural abscess. So this patient is an IV drug user presenting with focal spinal tenderness, a fever, and an elevated erythrocyte sedimentation rate, or ESR, which is concerning for a diagnosis of a spinal epidural abscess. To quickly review, a spinal epidural abscess typically occurs in an IV drug user from hematologic seeding of the bacteria after trauma or spinal surgery or in an immunosuppressed patient, such as a patient with diabetes or HIV. The initial key presentation is typically focal back pain and a fever, though a fever is not a mandatory symptom to suspect the diagnosis in a high-risk patient. Other findings in a spinal epidural abscess can include neurologic deficits, such as weakness or changes in sensation, and an elevated ESR-CRP. Patients with a suspected spinal epidural abscess should promptly have an MRI performed, 
be given broad-spectrum antibiotics, and have a neurosurgical intervention to drain the abscess. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, herniated nucleus pulposus typically presents after exertion, such as straining to lift a heavy object, with lower back pain that radiates down the leg. The treatment is typically activity as tolerated and symptomatic control. Answer 2, malingering presents with a request for treatments or interventions with no physiologic need. Though this is common in antisocial personality disorder, this patient's focal back pain, history of IV drug use, fever, and elevated ESR are all concerning for an organic etiology of his symptoms despite his request for strong medications. Answer 4, spinal epidural hematoma typically presents after trauma or in an anticoagulated patient and can present with focal neurologic deficits such as asymmetric lower extremity weakness. And finally, answer 5, vertebral compression fracture typically presents in an elderly patient or a patient with metastatic lesions to the bone with focal spinal tenderness. To leave you with the bullet summary, spinal epidural abscess presents in an IV drug user, immunosuppressed patient, or after spinal trauma slash surgery with a fever, focal spine tenderness, and an elevated ESR slash CRP. That's all for this review about low back pain. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast so far, we'd appreciate your consideration in leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.